it's a competition clinching shot. The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour. Hello and welcome to another episode of the LET Golf Podcast. I'm George Cooper and after a few weeks off, the pod returns this week as the Ladies European Tour heads to Delhi for the Hero Women's Indian Open. We have only four events left of the 2023 season. Denmark's Smilla Tarning Sonnebu is this week's guest as she stops by to reflect on her emphatic maiden victory at the KPMG Women's Irish Open as well as everything from leaving college to turn pro, looking up to fellow Dane Nicole Brockestrup, and her love for travelling the world. So without further ado, and joining me live from India, this is Smilla Tarnin Sonabu on the L.E.T. Golf Podcast. Smilla, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the L.E.T. Golf Podcast. We're here in India, obviously four events left of the season. I know you had an incredible win in Ireland, but just you know, give us a, a wrap-up of the season so far. How's it been going for you? I mean, I've had a pretty, pretty good season. I would say I'm pretty satisfied with what I have done up until now. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have some highlights of the season. I had, you know, a third place in Helsingborg, did some some fun stuff there, and and um, topped it with the one in in Ireland. Um, and just you know, seeing everything trending in the right direction. So it's been a pretty, pretty cool, cool season so far. Yeah, and we'll get straight to Ireland then. I mean, I know. It's now been a couple of months. Like, has it sunk in yet? You know, you're obviously a winner on the LET and, mm. and a winner in such an emphatic way. I mean, going into the final day, I think nine shots behind and going on to win. Like, has it has it sunk in yet? Uh, I mean, I must admit, I still, you know, go back and watch the videos a bit, you know, over and over. And every time I watch, you know, I watch that final video where, you know, you can see in my face, I realize I just won. It still hits me. You know, I'm like, damn. You know, I get very emotional still when I watch that because it was just so big, you know. And um, I mean, it has, you know, it has sunk in, but, but it's still very big for me. Yeah. And I'm always curious with, with winners and especially first time winners, like, what's it like the day or two after? Like, how many messages did you get on your phone, for example? <laughs> like, it must have been crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a lot of messages and, you know, it was, I think it was a lot with all the you know, journalists reaching out and people want to hear from you and you're basically just saying the same things over and over again, you know, and and also realizing some things, you know, having those interviews and conversations after, but it was a lot, you know, especially, you know, the week after, it was a lot, and also we drew the week after and just took some time to, like, relax a bit and chill and let, let everything sink in. Um, yeah, it was a lot, but it was, it was a lot of good things as well, so I yeah. had, yeah. And obviously coming, coming from Denmark, I know we just spoke off there about you got a photo shoot this week and obviously they'll be covering that victory um hello oh thank you so much look at this some water thank you on the podcast appreciate it six waters apparently it's just two that's fine so yeah thank you yeah thank you um but yeah so saying you know how, how big a deal was that uh back in your home country of denmark of course like you know did you get a lot a lot of uh, publicity in the press like how, how was it from a domestic point of view um i would say it was Pretty big, like we haven't had a, uh, a win on uh, the latest European tour since Emily, um, so it was quite big. Um, obviously, all like the Danish golf magazines was writing about it, and also the like national TV stations, you know, said some words about it. So it was it was quite cool. And knowing like the national news, I you know after on the day like after my win, you know, I checked the news, and it was like Caroline Wozniacki and. Uh, and you know all the biggest 
sports darts who have in Denmark and then my name you know was there and I was like whoa okay yeah. it's pretty big what I just done you know <laughs> yeah that's amazing and I mean just just tell me about that final day at like 62 to win like mm. I said nine shots behind when you woke up that morning I mean was there like a feeling okay I'm gonna play well today was there a feeling like oh it's you know the the leaders are catchable like I'm and I'm obviously at the top like what, what was your mindset going into that day and how did it change throughout the day as well as you perhaps got closer towards the top of the leaderboard I think, you know, I, I knew I could go very low on the course. I shot like seven under last year, eight under, I think seven, eight under last year. And I just had a funny feeling, you know, I was in a very good mood that morning. And, you know, we really just had fun on the course. Like we had some experiences from last year um, at the same place and course with the rounds that went low there, where we just, you know, had some fun games. We just were laughing a lot during that round, you know. Um, we kind of just, you know, had fun from the first hole and we just kept it going. And I think I found a super good rhythm on the front nine because there's not a lot of birdies on the front nine on the course. They're kind of all, you know, on the back stretch. Um, but I just kept making birdies on the front nine, you know. So I got very, very calm because I also knew there was some birdies waiting for me on the back nine. And then I think I was like 500 after the first nine. I was like, dang, okay, I can go low today. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, as I said, it was like this nice rhythm of making birdie, making par, making birdie, making par. It wasn't this like crazy, you know, six birdies in a row streak. Um, and also on the back nine, no, I missed like three putts within six feet. So, you know, I felt like, you know, I didn't just hold everything. Yeah. I also missed some things. I was just playing really, really good, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, Could have been 59. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that, that, that was kind of one of my Tristan. I met Tristan right after the 18th hole. And he was like, smell it, you just shot 10 under. And I was like, what? You know, yeah. I thought it was maybe a seven or eight under. I didn't really keep count of it. Um, yeah, and then I was like, dang, I, I missed those three short ones. And yeah. then I realized it could have been 59, you know. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. But you just spoke there about those sort of a calmness to you that day, even as you, even going into the back nine. Mm, yeah. How did that then change in the playoff, obviously, going up against Anne? Like, was it still a calmness on you going to the tee? I know there was all the mm. drama that happened, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how was it then in the playoff for you? And obviously that incredible eagle, I mean. Yeah, I think when we were waiting for them to finish, we went up to the range and it was so cold up there. And actually, like, we had a funny little incident where... I gave out you know, all my gloves after the round, so I didn't have a glove. And then out of nowhere, I was in the playoff. And I think when we were sitting watching the playoff on the range, um, and I realized I was going to be in the playoff because it looked you know, like I wasn't going to be in it for a very long time until Anne missed the put on the last. Um, <laughs> and I think when she missed it, that was probably where I got the most nervous the whole day because I was like, you know, now mm. I'm actually going to be in this playoff. And I told me, I was like, okay, I'm really, really nervous now. Yeah. But I think we did a smart move and, you know, in going up to the range and just kind of staying in it, you know, staying in the mindset of we might have to go out and play again. And um, yeah, and then all this, all those things happened with Anne. And I think as soon as we got down to the tee and when we started playing, when Anne was like, let's play now, let's, you know, just get let's do it, you know. Then, uh, then we're just in it again. Yeah. yeah. Not nervous, just doing our thing. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. I wasn't there, sadly, but I was. I, mean, oh. I was watching on. I was actually watching on the train. Yeah. I was in the Netherlands. It was, it was a week before that, wasn't it? And I was like, wow. But one thing that struck me was 
how much of a popular winner you were and obviously everyone coming on uh, in the aftermath mm. um, the champagne and whatnot um, so just what does it mean to you you know having your fellow peers you know, come on like that and mm. obviously all the congratulations congratulation messages that come in afterwards like what does that mean to have that from your fellow tour friends it was it was so that's actually like this the that specific scene you know when Nicole and Mike and Clara came in with that champagne and, you know especially you know Nicole being a person I have been looking up to, I get, you know, chill saying it now, but, you know, I have been looking up to her, you know, for so many years and comparing my swing and my game to hers and also, you know, being inspired by her as a person and, you know, that she, you know, was the one that celebrated me there and came in and giving her a hug, you know, it just, it felt like it really meant a lot there. And um, I think she was also like last year, one of the, first people I talked with after where I told her, you know, I'm not ready to be in the playoffs last year. And that was the first thing I told her when I won there. I was like, I was ready now. No, and ready, she was yeah. like, she also said, so you're ready now. It was cool moment. Very cool moment. Yeah. yeah. And obviously as your compatriot, how much of a help has she been throughout your career? I know she's a little bit older and you said you, mm. you looked up to her. So what sort of words of advice has she given throughout the years that's maybe stuck with you and just how much of a help has she been? Um, so we never really played you know, in the same tournaments mm. up to last year. Um, so obviously, you know, she has been to some of our national team practice camps since I was like a junior girl. Um, and she has always, everyone out here knows that, you know, she's very open with her feelings and she is very good at sharing things. Um, yeah, all her experiences and her thoughts, everything basically, you know. Um, so I think we are kind of similar personality wise and you know being structured and overthinking a bit too much sometimes and we have a lot of like similarities in that way um so i think everything she has been sharing is something i have been able to relate to a lot throughout many years um and she has kind of been my you know mentor um i would say you know the last i don't know three four years you know um and someone i could text and as for advice and yeah, yeah. she's very helpful absolutely mm. and how has that transition from you been it's your second season on tour now mm. um and we'll get to sort of your golfing upbringing in a minute but how have you found sort of adjusting from going from college because you're only one year in college right yeah it was one semester and two months yeah and yeah. then going straight into pro and mm. getting through q school like how did you find that that transition um, um i mean that transition came you know a bit faster than i thought it would come um, but I would say, you know, I met my boyfriend, Mick Y, in between there. So, like, right after I dropped out of college and before I went to Q school. Um, and we kind of just started that journey together, you know, at Q school. So, it was kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just made it way easier that we started, started it together. And I had that person to share everything with and do everything with in the transition. So, it made it way easier that we learned it together you know yeah um yeah absolutely and just reflecting on this season then again um i know you had a couple really good rounds in south africa mm-hmm. um then perhaps a, maybe more of a low point in the season i remember we spoke in the air and you said you know you've perhaps been having some off course issues and mental struggles but sort of you are overcoming that now what do you think has mm-hmm. been the turning point in this season um and can you sort of open up a bit more on that yeah I know, I've been thinking a lot about it. It has been quite an interesting season, actually. Yeah, yeah now I say it because I showed, you know, in, in the beginning of the season, I could shoot really low. And I was in contention all the time, and it was kind of, you know, very low and then high, and very low and very high. 
And then, as we said, you know, we had this weird period where I would make the cuts, like I made all the cuts, but it was, you know, just make the cuts. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, and then I think I had my coach with me in Helsingborg. Uh, and we had a really cool experience just the days before that, where I played the US Open qualifier in Belgium, um, where we were kind of close for, you know, to qualify there. And in the last nine holes in the qualifier, we kind of came up with this, okay, no bullshitting term, sorry for my words, but it was like, okay, now no bullshitting, let's just make some burgers now. Let's, you know, attack kind of. Um, so I think it was the combination of having my coach with me the week after in Helsingborg and just feeding off that experience of, you know, just not reacting on all those like insecure thoughts and just, you know, just do your thing, just do the things. And um, having him there to guide me a bit, you know, yeah, in that direction as well. Um, we just found something really cool there. Um, and then, yeah, we had a good week there, finished third, shot low. Um, and I just kept riding on that wave, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then let's just go back then because we like to do this on the podcast sort of to your golfing journey. Mm -hmm. So for those that might not know, how did you get into golf? How was the golfing scene like uh, back in your country? Mm -hmm. How did your game develop? How did you end up in college? So yeah, how did you get into golf, first of all? So my parents were playing golf mm -hmm. uh, before I was born even. And uh, then they built a house right next to the golf course in my hometown. So I basically grew up on the golf course. Uh, it was you know, my backyard. The center hole was like 200 meters away. Um, so yeah, that would take me, you know, in the stroller, on the golf course. I would watch my dad play terrible golf and I would laugh a lot <laughs> at him. Um, and I think when I was four, the like club manager asked, why isn't she just becoming a member? She's over here all the time anyways. And uh, my parents thought, you know, she's four, she can't be a member. And he was like, no, no, let's sign her up. And I started, you know, going to junior practice and just had fun with it. Um, and then I was kind of, you know, the only girl for many years in my, in my home club there and started beating the guys and, you know, had a lot of fun with that and got very competitive with those guys and obviously also playing a lot with my parents when I was younger. Um, and then I guess we figured I was a bit good at it, you know, I had some talent um, yeah. and they started taking me to some like national junior practice, it's called like DJGA, um, where I met a really, really good coach. So I started there when I was 10 um, and really got into it. Like I got really interested in, I also played a lot of other sports at the same time, but it got really interesting when, you know, they started driving me to those practices and I was around all those other kids who was kind of talented and then we were competing yeah. all the time. It was really cool. Um, so I think, yeah, from a very young age, my parents, you know, showed me in the, the right directions, basically, you know, and, um, and yeah, just learned a lot of good things from a young age, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then became a part of the, the junior national team. And then I actually, when I was 16, I moved to this sports star college, which is like a high school uh, in Denmark, like a sports high school. Yeah. So I basically moved out when I was 16 and just played golf, studied, um, and then I got a very inspiring roommate 
during those years, uh, who was like one year older than me. And, uh, you know, I was very much looking up to her, just following her footsteps and just learning from her. She showed me a lot of, yeah, good discipline and grinding. We were working really, really hard during those three weeks up there. Um, and then, you know, she was going to college and I was like, yeah, mind, you know, <laughs> just follow her, do the same thing. Um, and played a lot of international tournaments during those years and the uh, college coaches were out and scouting and got some college offers and went for some visits and ended up at Ole Miss yeah. um, and came in there. It was like during COVID, it was 2020. Right, okay. uh, so I came in like one semester later than uh, I was supposed to. So I started in January and uh, when I like committed to Ole Miss University of Mississippi, they were like ranked 43 in the country, you know. I would be on the team and it was like a good place to be, I guess. Mm. And then when I actually came over there, they were ranked fourth in the country. Wow. So they had, you know, gotten in some really good players and they had developed a lot in, in, the, in the meantime. And uh, I was fighting a lot, you know, for the spot on the team when I got there and it was, it was rough, you know, yeah. it was really, really competitive. Um, and then we won the national championship that semester when I got there. Um, and I think, you know, I was freshman there and everything was, it was just crazy. You know, it was still COVID, everyone was wearing masks. I couldn't, you know, really f keep up with school because I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what the teachers were saying. And it was just, it was hard. Um, and uh, yeah, then I went home for the summer break and went over there again with one of my Danish friends. And uh, yeah, then I dropped out after two months uh, and just wanted to play amateur golf, go home back to Denmark, play amateur golf and just get better because I wasn't really that good of an amateur. Like I never won any international tournaments and I was like 200 or something on Wager. Uh, so I was like, okay, I need to prove a bit more to myself and before I feel like I can turn pro. Um, and then we're like, okay, let's, Fry and play the LET choose school, school just to see you know where is the level at there and what do I need to improve in order to be able to do that you know went down there met Mikowai and uh, yeah and then I got a card you know yeah. and we're like okay uh, <laughs> what do we do now and uh, you know told my coach and my parents who were like okay it's pretty good timing in your life let's just you know, let's jump into it um, yeah. and then. Yeah, the rest is... <laughs> so you met your boyfriend at Q-School? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we met like the summer before Q-School. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and how big a help has he been? Not just at Q-School, but, but since then. Um, I know we see you in Caddy's for you, right? Yeah, so he's full-time yeah. uh, for me now and has been since we met each other, basically. Um, so we're, you know, we're a team and we've been from the start and uh, he's a big, big part of it. You know, we have an apartment now in Denmark, live together and... Yeah, he's a big, big, big part of it. Yeah, lovely. And just going back to that Q school experience then, we hear a lot of stories um, yeah. on the LET about, well, sort of two sides to it sometimes. I think some players go into it with not an expectation mm -hmm. and then it's less pressure and they end up thriving, which sort of sounds a bit more like your yes. situation. Yeah, it was and then obviously like some that say, how stressful it is, horrible. So sort of just mm. tell me where you fit in that uh, sort of, you know, situation and how was it for you? Yeah. So I definitely went in there with no expectations. Mm. Um, and it was a bit ironic, like after I qualified, the like biggest Danish media were like a Danish golf player went down to Spain to have fun and suddenly she's on LET. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it was not, not quite, just to yeah. have fun, you know, but 
I went down there with an intention, an intention of you know seeing where my level was at and what I needed to do, and um, but I definitely played without any pressure of having to qualify. Uh, like it wasn't you know I wasn't under stress of, of doing it, um, and I felt that was that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, and then moving into the the LET, I know we just spoke about the the transition, but sort of other than. Um, Wedding in Ireland. What have sort of been your highlights so mm. far on tour? Oh, other than Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, highlights. Other than I mean, Ireland. qualified for the US Open last year. Mm-hmm. That was big. At the box, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah, I think that I shot five hundred in the first round of qualified there, and uh, that was just super fun. You know, in the didn't check any leaderboards, didn't know anything, could just feel from the people around me that I was kind of yeah. consensual, You know. And not checking any leaderboards in the second round, and then messed it up on the last two holes in the qualifier. I made like bogey and double bogey, and I was like, okay, I lost it, I'm out. Yeah. And then again, I met Tristan right after, and he was like, smell it, you're in. And I was like, <laughs> no, shut up, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, and then we qualified, went there, and that was a huge experience. Yeah, you know, that was amazing. Where was it when you played? It was at the uh, Pine Needles. Oh wow, amazing! Yeah, yeah. It was you know first time I saw the best players yeah. in the world, you know, and just standing next to Lydia Ko on the first day on the range, you know, I was shaking and I was like, can yeah. I have a picture with you? Know, <laughs> being super starstruck there, you know, it was really really cool experience. Yeah, and how has that changed now? I know, especially in, like the Ramco events, for example, you rub shoulders with a lot of players like that. Yeah. How how has that changed for you now, especially being a winner on, on tour? Like, yeah. is I mean, it still that level, or it's, it's changed now? I mean, it has. Obviously, it has changed a bit because we have seen them a few times now. You know, the stars out there. Yeah. Um, but I actually, like last week or two weeks ago in Hong Kong, you know, when Lia Wu, you know, still when I see her right next to me, we're putting next to each other, you know, I'm like, dang, she's like number one in the world. <laughs> you know, it's a bit crazy. Um, but at the same time, you know, having played with them in the same fields, obviously, there's still one, you know, some levels higher than, than I am. But, you know, I kind of seen okay, it's not that far up to their level, and um, I think you know, just going one year back, I thought okay, yeah, I'm pretty you know far away from where they're at, but now it's 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 kind of cool to see them. I'm getting closer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and I know it's such like a cliche question, but so what are your goals? Because you're still only twenty two, right? Is that how old are you? Yeah, uh, twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. So you're still obviously young. Mm-hmm. You're now winner on tour. Like, do you now have like a set? list of goals or are you just the cliche taking it one tournament at a time but especially now being a winner like how does it change your mindset and your goals yeah i think um, we like my goals haven't changed that much i still want to go to lpj i want to play you know in the fields with the best players in the world um but i'm not in a rush i should just said i'm 23 and one and a half year ago i was still an amateur like i'm I'm really not in a rush and uh, like we're talking about should we go try play Q school this year for LPGA second stage and I think we just want to do you know a more natural smooth transition to that so you know if I end up in the top 10 on the order of merit you know it's naturally going to go to final stage mm-hmm. and try to you know to qualify for over there um, but yeah so as it, I think the goal has become this year now to finish in the top 10 on order of merit yeah. so I need to go some low scores now <laughs> um, but uh, yeah 
I'm also like, if I don't finish there, it's also okay. And I'm, you know, really happy to play a full season next year on LET and being able to actually make my own schedule for next year. That's going to be really nice. Um, but then it's definitely, you know, a goal for next year. We want to look at LPGA. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how do you find it all, some of your age, like all the traveling? Like, where's, where's, the, where's your favorite place other than Ireland, of course? You're basically <laughs> like an adopted uh, Irish other player. Than Ireland, yeah. that is the favorite. <laughs> but like, where's, where's um, the best place you've been and where's uh, perhaps the favorite place you've been? If it's, unless it's the same answer, but yeah. tell me. Um, I love Cape Town. <laughs> okay. Cape yeah. Town is cool. And I think, I'm I'm just such a huge fan of, you know, the um, nature at the places mm-hmm. we go. You know, I, I feel the nature, feel, yeah, just how I'm feeling there, you know, and the um, culture of the places. And I think Cape Town was really cool. Um, yeah, where else have you been? <laughs> yeah. Must have liked Kenya then as well, all the wildlife. Kenya was cool yeah. as well, obviously, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Finland in last year when we played okay. in Poland. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really nice as well. Yeah, yeah well, Finland was place. probably like my favorite place this year. So yeah. hopefully that was even better. I don't know where we're going next year, but it should be yeah. Be good. Yeah, that was nice. Nice and sort of enough about the golf. Then you mentioned obviously nature there, but like what else do you like to do in your spare time when you're not uh, on the road? Um, you mentioned other sports as when you were young, but what does what does Smith like to do in their, in yeah. their spare time? So actually, last week in we had this uh, break last week, mm-hmm. and we went to Thailand for snorkeling. Oh wow! Um, so you know, I enjoy things under the water. Also okay. underwater, but under the water, I'm very fascinated by that. And I think I have this kind of creative side. I like to take pictures and go very much into the detail with like pictures, getting the small, beautiful things. Um, so I'm also a bit into like painting trying to do this like wall piece right now at home um, oh, wow. yeah so yeah some creative things yeah. and a lot of sport mm-hmm. yeah we you know play a bit of tennis a bit of pedal my boyfriend's midwife's mom is a tennis coach so she's trying to uh, <laughs> to help me a bit with that not going that well but we're trying <laughs> um but yeah we watch a lot of sport watch a lot of football a lot of tennis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here's your team in Denmark uh, football. Mm-hmm. I have to say FC Midtjylland. Okay, yeah. Noted, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's where I lived those four years. Of the, yeah, I yeah. remember they played, I played, I'm sure they played Man United in the in Europe one year. Um, I think they're in the they're group with FC Co right now. This, this season? Yeah, yeah this so season. Still, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when you were young, you played football when you were young? Or nope. Just, just <laughs> no, watching no, it? I would break my legs if I did that. <laughs> um, I played badminton. Okay. Yeah, in like the, um, the off-seasons. Did some dancing when I was like very little. Um, yeah. Very good. Mm. Um, nice. Well, to wrap this up, then we like to just sort of hit you with some quick fire questions. Mm. So, um, first of all, when you mentioned some of them, but sort of who are your best friends on tour? Um, my, must be Pia, Amelia, Mike, mm-hmm. Nicole, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very good. Um, well, I said favorite holiday destination. So you give me your favorite tour spot, but is that the same? Uh, no, it's not no, the same. No. Where's your favorite? Um, where we were last week, to be honest. Okay, in Thailand. Yeah, Thailand, Kotao, the small diving island. Yeah, yeah, it's paradise. So are you like more beach than city? Definitely. Yeah. Beach. I I can say hate, but I really don't like big cities. I okay. Don't, not at all. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite food? Thai. Thai food. <laughs> yes. Sensing a theme here. Yeah. Um, favorite music? What do you like to listen to in your spare time? 
things for this year. Okay. Yeah. What kind of vibe? Um, so a kind of a you know pop but core new vibe I guess like okay. more, very like calm music. Yeah. Yeah. Cold Do you listen to? Are you like when you're on the range? You listen to music? No, or you just never. Never. Yeah, not like just, a warm up song or anything like that. No, I used to do that when I was younger, and yeah. it was very you know pump up warm up yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> getting really you know confident. Um, but no, I haven't done it since I was like thirteen. Mm. Yeah, I like to hear the contact with the ball and yeah, you know we don't have the music on the course when we play, so no, I don't see the. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that a bit. We're running. We're mm-hmm. running. People always listen to music when they run, but I'm like, if you do a race, you then can't have music. So exactly. why do it when you? I think it's sort of similar with golf. Exactly. Know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any? I feel like you might. I'm not sure. Any like golfing superstitions? I don't. You don't? No, I don't. I don't know why I you struck me as someone that might have them. I'm not sure. I don't no. know what, where, like... Just but again, it's kind of crazy because when I was younger, like, until I was like 16, I think, I had so many. Like, I had so mm. many. I had to wear, like, a certain pair of earrings. I had to play with a certain, you know, number on the ball. Yeah. Same marking every time. I had those, you know, this thing I had to have in my pocket. Like, I had so many things. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but all those... I just stopped caring, you know, a mm. bit, you know, about those things and started thinking about what, what actually matters, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yeah. And who were your, like, heroes growing up? doesn't have to be golf, but no. who did you look up to? It's, I actually never really had that one, one, one person. Yeah. Hannah Montana, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is a different one. That might be the best answer so far. <laughs> yeah, I think. Montana. I looked up to Hannah Montana quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, no, like... No, I don't have an answer. I, I no. That's fine. We'll go with Hannah Montana. <laughs> uh, favorite golf course? Drummond. Drummond, yeah. of course. Yeah. Drummond Castle. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. And final one then. If you could have play golf with three other people, dream four ball. Mm. Which three are you picking? It doesn't have to be golfers. People no. always say golfers, but I actually thought about this question recently. Okay. Yeah, I thought about. It. I saw one someone else answer, and I was like. Yeah, and I came up with something really good, and now, now oh, of no. course I can't remember it now. But yeah. I think I will play with Mikuai, mm-hmm. and uh, no, you know what? I would just play with my mom, my dad, and Mikuai. Oh, beautiful! Ah, yeah. which course? Fletcher Golf Club, my home course where I grew up. Okay, yeah. how's that? Is it sort of linksy or <sighs> park? Just Apartment, yeah, just yeah, perfect. Do you yeah. get to go back much and play or? No, that's the thing. That's why it's Yeah, it's you. where I grew yeah. up. And I haven't played the full 18 holes since I was, you know, 14. And I live, like, <laughs> the ironic thing, the stupid thing is I live literally, like, 100 meters away from it now. Yeah. You know, I grew up, you know, right next to it. And now we just moved to the other side of it in that apartment. And um, still haven't played 18 holes there. So it's, yeah. That's it. I love I, to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a nice one to end it on then. Uh, yeah. Smither. Thank you so much for joining me here in India. You're very <laughs> um, welcome. A bit of a rogue podcast this week, but no, yeah. thanks for coming. And uh, good luck this week and good luck for the rest of the season, especially for the race. Um, Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks, thanks Coach. Thank you. <laughs> it's a competition clinching shot. Oh, how about that? The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour.